I can always edit around whatever we do, so no no worries. Um, all right? I have no worries. Yeah. Okay, I'm relaxed. No <laughs> I'm calm. Okay. Cool. Special interview episode today. Does data science scare you? Does it keep you up at night when you hear or read about it at a panel or on the New York Times and you think to yourself, I have no idea what they're talking about? Rest easy and let Chartmetrics resident data scientist assuage your fears. How do you measure artist success across multiple streaming, social, and other internet platforms? We might have something for you. Good morning, it is Jason and Josh here at Chartmetric. Usually, we do a three minute data dump where we upload charts, artists, and playlists into your brain so you can stay up on the latest in the music data world. This is your data dump for Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. How are you, Joshua Hayes? I'm doing really well today. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, last time we talked, this was maybe like, I don't know, maybe like a month ago? Just about a month ago, yeah. Just about a month ago, we sat down. If you didn't catch it, um, it was an amazing podcast. Uh, we it were was pretty cool. Uh, talking about a very <laughs> sad topic, uh, about the gender gap uh, when it comes to chart performance of musical artists that are either uh, female or male. And uh, just talking about how that affects different genres and different territories. Um, please uh, check it out. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Um, but Josh uh, and I spoke for the first time uh, on the podcast about some of the cool stuff he's doing, and that was a the topic then. But today is different. Today we are talking about our cross-platform performance ranks and scores, uh, for short CPP. Yeah, yeah, CPP. And it's actually a little bit like our conversation before in the same uh, direction of trying to measure artist performance. Mm -hmm. you know, before we were looking at gender, and now we've kind of opened it up uh, into to looking at every artist yes. that's out there in our database. This is true. Um, Josh uh, penned a June 4th uh, company blog article on Medium um, uh, entitled Charmetric Originals, Cross-Platform Performance Ranks and Scores, a detailed breakdown of how to instantly compare artist general performance by utilizing Chartmetric's data warehouse. So, uh, Josh, do you want to kind of like talk about, uh, I think people at least understand at this point uh, what CPP is, but do you want to kind of break out how this kind of came to be in terms of like, uh, you know, a feature that we wanted to implement? Yeah, sure. Um, and I think this, like, it almost can't be said enough, and it's in the title, like, cross-platform performance, right? This, mm -hmm. <clears throat> people are used to seeing lots of measures out in the world of, of the interwebs and different platforms about, like, artist success, and I think most of the time those measures are trying, these measures that, like, aggregate stuff and bring it into just one number mm -hmm. are usually trying to say, like, which artist is better, mm -hmm. like, has just been more successful. Right. And so lots of people do that, uh, perhaps most notably like Billboard does that, right? Top mm -hmm. artists. And so this measure is not exactly doing that same thing. It's, it's very much a cross-platform performance. And so we were hoping that this tool would be a uh, complement to the other kinds of measures that are out there. And so that is, it takes a little kind of mental shift about how you think about this number, though. It's not just that being at the top of this means that you've got like more streams than anybody else, right? Because there are other tools that that do that for you. Mm -hmm. This tells you how well an artist is spread across all of the different platforms that we have access to out there. Mm -hmm. And so we saw kind of a, a blind spot in the analytics out there. Um, a lot of people that we talk to, a lot of our users, a lot of people in the music industry are doing this kind of process 
all the time. They want to see how different artists that they're tracking are performing, but you have to manually go to every single platform and try to aggregate them yourself. And right. that's really annoying yep. and time consuming. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what if we, we built a tool to do that for you? Yeah. Yeah, and just to, just to be more specific too, I, I mean, Josh is alluding to, you know, Spotify analytics, uh, you know, Spotify for artists, um, you know, your Apple Music for artists backends. Uh, if you have, you know, if you're an independent artist and you use DistroKid or CD Baby or TuneCore, um, and you're looking at your analytic backends, those are all awesome things, and they have, you know, stream counts and you know these types of numbers that uh, we don't have as Chartmetric. We're a third-party company, and we just kind of collect information from um, public platforms. But we do see, uh, you know, the CPP ranks and scores as a way to augment rather than replace. And I think that's a big point that I always try to make whenever um, I come across people in the industry and, you know, they, they learn about Chartmetric. Like, I always try to mention how, like, at least, like, I, I see uh, Chartmetric as a, a, a thing to complement what you already have because I think... You know, it's that normal debate of like, oh, what's better, like Uber or Lyft or, you know, right. Facebook or Snapchat. It's like it doesn't have to be like one or the other. Like, right. I just feel like that black and white type of thinking is um, antithetical to the world we live in now today. Because I think multi-platform is like the norm now that we don't have to necessarily decide that, you know, we can have a couple tools in our toolbox and that's okay. Right. It's more <laughs> like asking if it's better to have the Uber like car or a scooter, right? They're like completely <laughs> completely different tools doing different things. And yeah, you yeah. don't have to choose mm -hmm. uh, because of the era we live in. Choice is out there. Yes. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So you made some notes here that I see about the process here. So um, you want to talk about a little bit about the process of how you decided of the many because we've got like what, how many data sources now on Chartmetric? Oh, a Chartmetric. <laughs> Humble brag. How many yeah. data sources we got? We got so many. Um, um, a lot. Fifteen plus, something like that. At, I mean, at streaming. Least. Yeah, I mean, for streaming platforms, it's with Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, uh, and Amazon. Um, and then in terms of socials, we've got Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, and including all the other ones, uh, Wikipedia. A, a lot. We also have like Shazam, we have SoundCloud, we have Bands in Town, um, Last FM. Yeah, yeah, and the list actually goes on and on. Those are just the ones that we can quickly pull off the top of our head. So yeah. one of the big challenges with this project, um, and when you earlier, like opening this podcast, you were like, does data science keep you up at night? Uh, this project kept me up at night, <laughs> but not out of fear, just out of like, I'd, I'd sit there and be like, what? There, there's so many options and so many things to work with yeah. and trying to come up with the most efficient and most practical way to bring them together. So yeah. that's part of why the blog article is as like uh, painfully long as it is. You know, it's, it was It's a hearty read. It, it's long, but it's not painful because your writing style is very engaging. Well, thank you. You're very kind. No worries. Um, but there, there's a lot in there. And I actually, you know, we really prioritize uh, transparency. And if you don't know how a tool works you don't want to rely on that tool. Yeah. And you also can't tell when it's broken. And so we want to build trust and we want people to know exactly what this measure is doing so they know how to use it. Yeah. Um, and to that end, we put a lot of thought into how we calculate it. And we also, we want to add stuff to it. So um, right now it doesn't have Apple Music is, as one of the metrics into it. And that's because we had some, some kind of logistic data challenges to bringing Apple uh, Music data in. Yep. Uh, but we're tackling those right now. And so in the future, it will. And I'm, I'm sure we'll keep everybody like up to date 
on that. But yeah. um, all that is to say we, we went through basically like every data source we have and did a really thorough kind of questioning of like what is helpful, what data is reliable, what data is accurate, what can we combine into a way that gives us helpful, reasonable information. Yeah, yeah. And so doing that through every data source, we, we kind of noticed two main groups of measures. Mm-hmm. And we call those stage and followers. Mm-hmm. And the stage is pretty much uh, every kind of like active engagement that an artist has with somebody. So if a, if a fan or a listener is like actively listening to you, they're viewing one of your music videos, they're like retweeting something you tweeted, any kind of like active engagement with somebody, we, we kind of saw a theme between those. And also a lot of our users are interested in those measures because they tend to be most directly related to revenue generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is what keeps the music lights on. <laughs> so everybody's very interested in those. Then yep. the other category was followers or fan base. And we noticed that across all the platforms, uh, that's something that the different platforms are very willing to make publicly available. Right. It's like number of fans for different artists. So, right, right, right. so we tried to gather all of those measures together too. Cool. Yeah. So those are the two big components. So stage and followers. Um, cool. So, so we have all these data sources that you've kind of like talked about in this blog here, but then you kind of narrowed them down to a select few. Um, where the what was that process like? Because um, for stage you've got, you know, a few platforms here that I'll let you talk about, and then for followers you had um, a, f- a few more um, and different aspects of some of those same platforms that you had in stage. So can you talk about a little bit how you kind of came across um, both the practicalities and also kind of like theoretically why you wanted to do the particular stats within each platform for either stage of followers and kind of like what what what, what that experience was like? Yeah, I don't think it's a, a secret if you read the article or you watch our, our animation that... Um, Super cool animation, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased. Shouts to Anna in Austin, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Looks amazing. Um, so yeah, I think it helps clarify a lot of the mathematical process that we're doing here. So um, I'd recommend checking that out if if some of, the, some of this is confusing, which it, it kind of is. But... Um, so both in the in the blog and the animation, like right now we use Spotify quite a bit, um, and that's partly because the data that we have from there is just so reliable, and the coverage we have on it is so good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, we're we're looking at building out from that so that it's um, continually growing. To like when we implement the Apple Music data, you know we're going to be uh, moving away from Spotify a little more, but. Uh, our two big sources probably are Spotify and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, we balanced all of the measures by the, the uh, update schedule that we mm-hmm. have on our data and also the coverage we have across artists. Mm-hmm. Because we, we wanted to make sure that we were treating all artists fairly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's one of the reasons that we can't use charts. And people make chart data really available publicly. Everywhere. We have tons of information on charts. So many. But then we really only have information on like the top couple hundred artists at any time. And so that's not super helpful unless you're working just with those artists. And then if we included that in the measure, then all of those artists are going to get like an extra bump. And you'd end up seeing this divide between like the top 200 artists and then every other artist like in this big gap. 
right. below them. And we really didn't want that. So again, this kind of comes back to like, we were trying to build a separate measure. Uh, so I'll, I'll undermine what I said just a minute ago. We don't rely exclusively on Spotify, obviously, because this is a cross-platform mm -hmm. measure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, I mean, it, it's, it's worth <laughs> noting too that, and then I talked about this a little bit uh, when I wrote uh, one of our other blog articles about trigger cities, uh, this idea that, um, you know, a lot of Latin American and South, Southeast Asian cities um, like Jakarta and uh, Sao Paulo are really driving a lot of streaming consumption and a lot of streaming algorithms um, on Spotify, on YouTube, and how having those different platforms and like in terms of like what markets are each of those platforms in and then how accessible are they? Do people have to pay a monthly fee or, you know, do people have the disposable income on a you know general basis to pay for such? Like you start to getting into these like really unique kind of like user bases for each of these platforms. And I thought, you know, when I was going through uh, your process here, uh, you did a really good job of trying to leverage out um, some of those differences by making sure that we didn't necessarily, I mean, we had to prioritize some over others, but um, I think you did a good job of not trying to say, you know, we're just gonna look at this one platform. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, that's, I feel like that's our strength at Chartmetric, right? Is that we are between these different platforms. And so I got yeah, really sure. excited about this project because it seems like such a natural fit <clears throat> between what the music industry needs, which is somebody to connect the data between these platforms. And uh, that's like where we're positioned. So um, I think we're all here pretty excited about contributing this to the, the greater like music industry. Yeah, totally. Um, so one thing that's cool about the CPP score slash ranks Oh, first, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, just like the scores versus the ranks? Yeah, sure. So yeah. we actually calculate scores for every single artist. One point now six, one point six million. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it takes some time, and um, so we calculate actual numerical scores for everybody, and then we rank them because the scores are also relativized. Um, whoever did the best that day uh, across platforms gets the number one, like literally gets the number one. And then everybody's <laughs> kind of measured in units based off of that artist. So yeah. the scores are really, really volatile. Even mm -hmm. if you have the same performance today versus tomorrow, yeah. your score might change. And right. so the scores are a little counterintuitive to work with. And so we push the ranks as the more kind of intuitive way to understand. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's a very simple, like, obvious thing, too. So the ranks are just you, everybody gets the score, and then we order them from, from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what, if you go to our website, you can track people's ranks over yeah. time. Um, you use a three-day average. Is that for all the different... Uh, no, so we have different averages across depending. different okay. um, platforms. And we partly did that based, again, on our gathering schedules and also mm -hmm. based on how, uh, maybe how like volatile each data source was. So while we were testing this measure, um, we noticed a couple different artists that had like events in the news, um, right. maybe like a run-in with the law or like an artist passes away mm -hmm. and you can see spikes in their Wikipedia lookups, right. uh, which is actually really valuable information. And maybe if somebody, uh, was it, is it Adam Lambert went on 
tour tour with Queen as Queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that Freddie Mercury. Huge like shoot up crazy marketing he, opportunity uh, for him. By yeah, the way. yeah. And so uh, that's like not just a novel. People are looking up that person on. Wikipedia, like those people are probably going to look that person up and then go to Spotify and right. listen to some of their songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so even though Wikipedia is a relatively volatile measure, that's something we wanted to capture. Right. And think that when it's when it has enough weight or enough momentum mm-hmm. behind it, that people who are in the industry want to know, like, um, you know, if, if somebody like rides a motorcycle off a ramp through a flaming hoop and it gets like a ton, it goes viral, like. Yeah. Like maybe you want to market with that person yeah, or yeah. you want to bring them on to some collaboration project or something like even things that are very not music related sometimes carry a lot of momentum. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we brought in the, like the Wikipedia and Twitter information for that reason. Mm-hmm. But again, they're really, really volatile. So by doing a rolling average, you can see if that's just like a flash in the pan and yeah. maybe that motorcycle stunt didn't really work. Mm-hmm. People were like, that was weird. And then tomorrow nobody cares. Right. But, right. but if for three days people are continuing to talk about that issue it's more meaningful uh, yeah and there's probably more opportunity there for yeah. people to take advantage of so yeah for sure i was on. texting uh with a friend of mine uh shouts to gabby what's up gabby um about the jonas brothers uh and how they kind of did their kind of like reunite reunited album uh maybe like a month or two ago mm-hmm. something like that they released it um put out some cool music and uh we were talking about how a dnce uh, one of the Jonas Brothers, uh, that was his solo, well, not solo project, it was his own project with other band members. Um, kind of like this funky, cool, like, you know, dance vibe. Um, and I was looking on their page, and since the original Jonas Brothers did their reunion album, his DNCE band also, like, found a lift in, like, um, Spotify monthly followers and, and you know those kinds of things and I think that's a really I think looking at the CPP I feel like it's an easier way to kind of track that kind of change across time um, for both you know the Jonas Brothers project and also for his DNC project um, yeah so the, the measure is a way for us to try to quantify this same thing that we're talking about yeah. about how if you get enough interest in social media then that's probably can be translated to potential like monetary gain or market share Mm -hmm. and so we want to take that into account but it's also not it's not the only thing that matters like streaming counts probably still matter more at the end of the day yeah for sure and so that's how our weights work also like streaming counts still matter more but we want to use something like wikipedia and twitter once two artists are close to each other, we can use that to kind of differentiate, like how much traction do they have outside of the music market? Yes, well. for sure. Um, so uh, one thing that I thought was really, really fun was in your testing of CPP, um, non-musicians. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. ran into a lot of non-musicians or at least not what you traditionally would think of as a music artist. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, I think uh, one of the most interesting and surprising for me was the Bible showed up and actually was doing really, really well. Uh, <laughs> so first of all, not a band. Let's just clarify, because it could potentially band, be a, like a... Yeah, a collaboration project okay. uh, by different authors, but more authors than band members, gotcha, I, gotcha, I would gotcha. say. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, and part of why that happens is that uh, somebody made a profile for the Bible, and it's on Spotify, and they—I I looked it up and listened to some of the tracks, and they—they um, 
they do, it's basically like an audiobook where people are reading different passages passages out of the Chapter Bible. 16. Yeah, sure. So, uh, and then, you know, it's on Wikipedia. It, they, I can't remember how many different social media platforms. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if the Bible has its own Instagram or not, but, um, but it certainly has a YouTube presence as well. And yeah. so it objectively, like it was doing really good at all of these measures. Cross not platforms. surprised. Not surprised. Honestly, yeah. Right? yeah and yeah. Um, so that was a kind of philosophical question that we had to address that gets really like gray really fast about like what is this measure doing uh the wwe is another great example Mm -hmm. of like wwe has so much success on youtube but most of those videos are not music Mm -hmm. some of them are like every wrestler pretty much has like an intro song and people actually go to spotify and listen to those intro songs a lot yeah so like it is totally a music like organization they're putting out a lot of music they are musicians Mm -hmm. but a lot it's it's really hard possibly impossible for us right now to differentiate on youtube when somebody's watching people wrestle versus when it's one of those songs right And so, you know, that's kind of related to this issue or like challenge of where to put the Bible is also like where to put WWE when some of their views are music and some are not. Uh, So we try to create a number of like bonuses and penalties that uh, work kind of under the hood that give people a bump for being more of a musician than not a musician. And we also prioritized, this is one of the reasons that we prioritized like Spotify and YouTube over Wikipedia and Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of just little shifts of weights to prioritize music over non-music. And that mm-hmm. helps uh, helps some of those other performers like drift down in right. the ranks. Right, right, right. Okay. Cool. Um, so at the end of the article, you kind of end up going into like, okay, here's some examples on how we can use them. And so the first one, uh, you look at a handful of artists and you kind of chart them over time, starting from like mid-March up to basically the beginning of June when you uh, pen the article. Um, do you want to talk about uh, what, what you kind of found there uh, using CPP for those past few months? Yeah. Uh, what I really wanted to do is kind of a like gut check of how this measure was working was I, I wanted to, to run the calculation back in time. We can run it every day going back in time and run it back far enough that we could see the rise of, of Billie Eilish because um, that was like a big shift in the music scene, right. right? And also a very clear case of somebody who all of a sudden started doing really well across like lots of platforms right. and her performance like grew exponentially across every platform. So I really wanted to like see that in the the score and the rank. And mm-hmm. if we couldn't capture that well, then we're not really doing what we wanted to do with the mm-hmm. measure. Mm-hmm. And so I <clears throat> started that process and then that, that came about in the culmination of the graph that you can see in the blog. But then I also got to put other artists in there and I found some some like really interesting things about people who are either holding steady or people who are growing slightly or people who were peaking all of a sudden and then some people who would would rise and then fall and so I was really really kind of pleased with like how how it turned out and when we would research each artist individually to see if the rank was kind of matching up with them mm-hmm. um, it, it was performing quite well yeah um, cool um, and if you check out the blog article you'll see uh, basically how Ariana Grande is 
sitting pretty up top. <laughs> Never really moves uh, past lower than I think what rank three, maybe maybe yeah, even well, four or five every when, now and then. A kind of funny anecdote is like when I when we built this at first, we started testing different cases, mm-hmm. and we noticed that there was not a lot of turnover in the top couple ranks, and we were like, oh no, maybe we're not capturing like variation that's out there. And then thinking about it and verifying more, it's that the people who are on the top just have such a lead. They're like, just on the top. They're supposed yeah. to stay there. Um, so yeah, and good for them. Kind of, kind of fun. Um, and then the other example you have here is time, is basically uh, how fast artists growth. Because of course, you know, and this is generally speaking about anything. Like, you know, for those who are in the blessed, you know, top, you know, ten or five, and you know, point zero 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 one of the industry who are just you know killing the game. Of course, that's all great and all. But for the rest of us, ninety nine point nine 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 percent. You know, what can we look to to kind of measure our own growth? And for, frequently that is just growth, um, kind of almost self-referential growth. But And you have that now with the CPP by score. So um, you picked out a few artists here as well um, that were, one was Ariana Grande, but you've got a few other here as well. Um, yeah, what, here. what I'm really excited about, like the potential here too, is if, uh, and this is where we want this, one of the main directions we want this measure to go in and help people with is if you can identify artists who are growing radically across a number of different platforms that's like a really good sign for an artist's career mm-hmm. you know maybe somebody has just like a runaway success with one song on SoundCloud but then it never kind of uh, they never get any traction beyond just that platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not a bad sign, but it's much better if all of a sudden they start doing well on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube, and you kind of see these gains across all these different platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's a lot of potential in the future for tracking people's like CPP, ranks and scores, and noting those artists that are like rising much higher and faster than their peers. Mm-hmm. So this is just like a, a quick kind of prototype of that kind of analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the key things that I think this could be used for in the future. And then there's one other aspect that I think is like a big part. And this didn't make it into the, the blog post, but <gasps> exclusive yeah. content. <laughs> Bring we, it, Josh. We need like a like a sound bumper right now. You know, like <laughs> exclusive content. Um, yeah, maybe that'll come back. You should record that and, and bring it back. I'll make it my ringtone, man. Nice. Um, so the the other way that we're thinking you could use this is if you are an artist or you have an artist that you're working with or tracking, and they're doing really well on their performance metrics with what you're expecting, like, say, on YouTube. They have other artists that they compare themselves to, and they're like, my YouTube stats are pretty similar to these other artists. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the CPP score, if that's surprisingly low compared to these other artists, then that's like an opportunity for you. It identifies for you that you're not spread as evenly across platforms as you could be. Right. Like maybe you don't have an Instagram presence. Maybe you don't have a SoundCloud presence. Mm-hmm. And uh, almost every top artist like in the top 100 has a presence on every single platform. That's one of the things that I found yeah, in this yeah. process. Mm-hmm. And so some people I think will like look at CPP scores and see an artist being kind of low and then like reject it a little bit of like, well, that artist is really successful 
Mm-hmm. I think they should be a higher rank. Mm-hmm. But if that if they're not spread well across different platforms, they're going to have a low score. Right. And so th- that's another way that this is like doing something kind of qualitatively different from other measures, and therefore it can be really helpful in that it can highlight for you like blind spots in your own career strategy. Right. As a way, as constructive kind of like like feedback on like the things that you can work on maybe this month. Right. Um, you know, maybe if I'm lacking in Instagram followers and engagement, I can work on that. Right. Um, right. As opposed to just, you know, having it be bad information that you feel bad about. Uh, yeah. Week. You know, I mean, the idea is to use a tool as a way to kind of like, you know, use your time and resources um, wisely. Right. And I mean, that's what we always want to do with every tool we build is help people save time, save energy, and help them make more intelligent decisions that to pursue whatever kind of agenda or project that they're working on. Yeah, 100%. And then on that note, um, please, uh, if you're a Chartmetric user, and if you're not, we hope you do sign up at app.chartmetric.com, um, please make sure uh, your links are up. Uh, you can, if you have an artist, or if you are an artist and um, your links are maybe missing or incorrect, and by links I mean you know your, your, your Facebook, your YouTube, your Instagram, your Twitter uh, URLs, uh, make sure they're please uh, they're up to date um, on Chartmetric because then you'll have a more accurate CPP rank and score, correct? Yeah, I mean, we say that in the blog and it, it bears repeating here that uh, we do everything we can to make sure that all of our, our data connections are up to date and solid, but if, if somebody makes a new profile, we might still keep their old profile mm-hmm. or something. So um, if you're looking at an artist's stats, um, it's worth also verifying that you know we have all of our appropriate links. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so Josh is a very busy man. He has um, amazing algorithms to crunch and uh, manipulate and uh, They're finagle. They're not going to crunch themselves. They're not going to crunch themselves. Um, someone's got to press that execute button, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, but I do want to just kind of emphasize one of the things that Josh has mentioned several times already is the thing that uh, he's trying to measure here, that, that independent, intangible variable um, that all of this kind of points to. Um, you know, I think we talk a lot about uh, cross-platform performance, but I think at the end of the day, we're talking about like fan love, hmm. essentially, right? And kind of like how there are obvious business implications to that, but I think it's important to remember through all the data science and, and numbers and and charts that uh, that's what we're really trying to do at the end of the day that's what we're trying to measure so we can do it better absolutely <clears throat> yeah and one of the kind of along that like sitting around we were musing about uh, artists like popularity with fans and connections and wanting to capture that and one of the questions we kind of came to is like is a fan the is it is a fan across different platforms like the same or not is mm. it if I can add one more fan on Spotify or add one more fan on YouTube or mm. one more fan on Apple Music, like mm-hmm. is that qualitatively the same? Mm-hmm. Should I as an artist care about that? And I think you could maybe make an argument that no, you just like want more fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the other measures are capturing, which is cool. Like, yeah, yeah. People want to know about that too. Depends um, what you need. So with this, we were thinking like maybe it does matter and maybe it's better for you to have a broad like base because we we know that different types of users are on different platforms right mm-hmm. and so if an artist wants to connect with more people it's often better to like try to approach different audiences right and so in that way it's it's not the same for me to just add one 
on add one fan on Apple Music versus one fan on on YouTube. Like it's better to have fans across different platforms than adding right. them all just on the same platform. Yeah. Um, again, just getting back to like you know who are you connecting with, and in that second situation, you're connecting with a like a different broader base than you would be if you just stacked all those fans on one platform. Yep. Um, so that's you know kind of what we were trying to gather. Here. And I, I'm super excited about it. Um, it's working great. It's live on the platform right now. Um, please check out Josh's work. It's super, super cool. Um, Josh, is there any way if for people to reach out to you if they have any questions about CPP or anything else uh, data science related um, on the uh, yeah on I, the interwebs? <clears throat> I love uh, feedback, especially about the CPP, because we want it to be a useful, functional tool for yes, people. So yes. feedback is really welcome. Um, you can either... Uh, comment on the on the blog, or you can email me directly. Yeah, uh, any anytime you want to chat about data science stuff too, I'm I'm open to uh, future projects and tools that our users want to have are the tools that I want to build. Awesome, so, always open to feedback. Cool. Well, thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, that's it for your daily dump for Wednesday, June 12, twenty nineteen. This is. Josh. And Jason from Chartmetric. Free accounts are at app.chartmetric.com slash sign up. And article links and show notes are always at podcast.chartmetric.com. Happy Wednesday. Hasta mañana.